0: everybody, and welcome to True Stories of Tinseltown. We missed you last week. Happy late Mother's Day to all you mommies out there. And we again are doing, I'm here with my lovely April, VVA. Did I say your name again? Or is that the first time I just said your name?
1: No, that's the first time you just said it. Okay,
0: I didn't say it again. So you all know April anyway. So she is my... My partner in crime, always in these wonderful um, series. So today, we thanks to a lovely woman. Uh, she gave a suggestion of stage moms, and today April, who oh, but who is the daughter, and who is the stage mother?
1: So today we are doing Betty Grable and Lillian Grable, Lillian. Lillian's Lillian is a joy to behold Yeah, it's
0: an interesting story and, um, but she she is no, let's put it this way she's no uh, Lila Rogers you know, she's none of that you know, she doesn't deal behind the scenes and she Mother Jean was more, I don't know what she was. This dame was a pushy broad who wanted to be a star and pushed and pushed and pushed her daughter.
1: Yeah, no, there was there was no end to Lillian's ambitions, even though Lillian could not fulfill them, so she pushes them on her children. Yeah, so Petty uh, was
0: not the first child. she had a daughter and she wanted her. Right. But she, her daughter was more scholarly and didn't want anything to do with it.
1: Right. So we'll, yeah, Marjorie doesn't want anything to to do with it. You are correct. Oh,
0: but Um, why don't you tell us about the wife and the hubby?
1: Yeah. So we'll just, we'll quit go into that. So Con Grebel is born first, um, both of them are born in St. Louis, Missouri. Khan apparently comes from a slightly better family than Lillian. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that they're wealthy, but just a slightly better family caliber wise. Um, and he, you know, he meets Lillian when she's like 16 and he's, you know, 22. And, neither con is con is very you know enamored with lillian she's she loves to perform she loves to you know sit there and just have all eyes on her and he's very enamored with that was she attract- um, I, I couldn't i didn't see an earlier picture of Lily, uh, lillian was she attractive She's she fits the period's ideals of attractiveness. Oh, um, she she does have a nice figure, mm-hmm. uh, like like Betty. She does have a nice figure, and she has very pretty skin. Um, and you know she's just she's she's attractive for the period. I don't think anyone today would sit there and say, "Boy, she's a beauty," but she's considered. You know, pretty enough, but it, her personality really pushes you over the next Because she, she's a, she was a pushy broad. Yes, exactly. Um, and Con at this point, Con's stuff is really hazy. So I just want to say that before I before I go into it, because other people will say other things, but to the best of my knowledge on them. Um, Con is working at this point as a carnival parker when they're first together, but he eventually goes in the stock market and he makes a, a very – nice amount of money from doing that i
0: never knew he was a carny I, you know i'm you know i read one of the books yesterday um i don't know who wrote it some guy wrote it and um he said that the con was definitely you know he uh lillian wore like all these women lillian wore the pants in the family
1: Yes. Lillian's Lillian is very, very pushy. An interesting fact, Grace, just because you brought this up, I don't know of any book written by a woman about Betty. The three biographies are all written by men, um, which I just always find fascinating. I
0: know I've read two. I read one when we did the full, because we do have, if you guys want to search, we in our classic Hollywood blonde bombshells, uh, series. We do a full show on Betty and on Jean and on, uh, not Ginger. Cause you know, you were right. I love Ginger, everybody and Ginger fans, but her life is (laughs) kind of boring. You know what I mean? There wasn't that juicy stuff like the other women had.
1: Um, but go on, I'm sorry no, you're, you're totally fine. Um, so he's, you know, Con, Con's apparently doing that, but eventually he goes into the stock market and he does very, very well. Um, but anyway, so they get, they get married, um, in 1907, Lillian's 18, uh, Con is 24 mm-hmm. and Lillian by by most accounts, really doesn't want to get married. And this is a very common thing that you see with some of these stage bombs. They want to go, you know, and follow their own ambitions, uh, and they want to do their own things. But Lillian is apparently pressured by her family saying, you know, John Grable is a solid match. You you need to go for it. Um but she always you know kind of has the acting bug in there, and, like I said, she does act in some local productions, and you know she just kinda she kind of does her own thing, I guess you can say you know when it comes to that um nineteen o nineteen just uh. About a year and a half after they're married, they have their first child, and that's Marjorie. And as you said, Grace, she really puts a lot on Marjorie. She's like, Look, you gotta become famous. We're gonna have you work. You know, you gotta go on stage. And You're Marjorie support me. <laughs> yes. And, yes. you know, support me. Um, and Marjorie's having none of it. She's just like I want to, you know, go to school. Like you said, she's very bookish. Um, she does end up going to college, actually, and graduating, which in the 30s was a big deal. It was. Um, but, you know, she's, she's sitting there and, you know, she, she quickly discovers Marjorie wants nothing to do with show business life. And Lillian will talk about how disappointed she was with that. Why didn't um, she push her like she did with Betty? Well, so Marjorie fights with her basically every step of the way, according to Lillian. She's just like stop. She's not I, malleable like Betty,
0: and, and no, and she's I think she had just, her father behind her as well, right?
1: She did. She she has Con behind her, and we'll we'll go into a little more with Betty, but Con will put his foot down with Lillian sometimes, and he'll say like, "We're not doing that." Um, but Marjorie wouldn't, just wouldn't do it. You know, Lillian would sit there and she would try to push her to go and, you know, go to acting classes or go on stage. And Marjorie's just like, I'm not, you know, go away. Um, so then in 1914, they have a son and his name's John. Um, and sadly, John passes away in March of 1916, um, he's not hes not quite a year old. Um, he passes away because the family doctor doesn't want to come to their house, and the baby ends up choking on its own phlegm. Oh, my God. Um, and, of course, they're devastated. And Con and Lillian had said after the birth of John that they weren't going to have any more kids. They just wanted two kids. Well, lo and behold, as they're dealing with this stuff with John, Lillian becomes pregnant. And, you know, Lillian did stick to her word. She only, you know, after Betty's born, she only has two kids. But when she's pregnant with Betty, she was apparently shining some wooden, um, Wooden floors in the house, and she slipped, and she broke her hip. I'm not laughing at that, everybody, but it's
0: it's just something you'll hear throughout the course of the podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, oh, and her boy. doctor, her doctor comes, and he's like, "You know, we really need to set your hip um, because if we don't set your hip, you're going, you're you're going to just walk." with a limp for the rest of your life. And he goes, you know, you can have plenty of babies because it's at her hip, she'd have to get an abortion. Right. Um, and they he goes, you know, there's plenty of babies in the future, but you know, like we really need to do this. We so you need to make a decision. And Con is actually telling her, you know, get the abortion. Let's get your hip set so like you're not disfigured for life. Um you know, and the, the just real quick, a, a big thing with Lillian too is Lillian has what they call ballerina legs. They people just say she has the most beautiful legs, and of course, they don't want to. They don't want to, you know, have her have a limp with these beautiful legs. Those
0: gams are made for dancing, yeah. not limping. Yeah
1: yeah no, not definitely not limping and Lillian refuses she she basically says like I thought there was something that was just going to be special about this baby i, I and she refuses to get an abortion um there are people who claim um there there's one biography I won't name anyone by name. But there is one biography that claims that Lillian basically faked this whole thing. And while I think some of it is probably a little melodramatic, Uh um, Lillian was always noted to walk with a limp. It, so it, it's very unlikely that she was able to keep the charade of yeah. walking with a limp for fifty years. No, I mean, there's always
0: someone who's going to say something like that. I believe she really, you know, how could, like you said, how can you keep it up? How can you just yeah. keep up that limp for fifty years? That she it, it, she'd exactly. be a great actress. I mean,
1: she, she would. She'd be better on. than Betty. Exactly. Um. No, but yeah. So th- that that story. Um for me personally, I think that story is just really insulting. It is. Um, to, to say that, you know, Betty just, or that, I shouldn't say Betty, but that Lillian just completely made up. Um, what what I guess is debatable on it is we don't quite know if it happened the way she's saying or if she actually had tuberculosis of the bone, which made it more likely to shatter. I mean, we don't know, like, on that. Right. Um, and really, I mean, there's no point in us theorizing on it, I guess. But just so people who are listening know, it's very unlikely that Lillian faked an injury that she kept up for 50 years.
0: Amazing. What a woman. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. But, you know, she goes, she has, she has Betty and, you know, William's just kind of really living her life as a housewife. Um, they, they have a very nice house in St. Louis because John is making quarter con, I should say is making quite a bit of money as a stockbroker. There are also rumors that con might have been doubling as a bootlegger. Um, can't really comment on the validity of that but that does go out there mm-hmm. um and i think some of it is to kind of help explain how they have such a drastic turn in their fortunes not that they were like dirt poor to begin with right. but um you know i i think there's a possibility he might have been involved with it but there's nothing to prove it um But anyway, kind of going off on a tangent on that. So she's, you know, saying there, and I really think that Lillian kind of didn't put as much on Betty at first because she had dealt with Marjorie and Marjorie wanting nothing to do with anything with the stage. Uh, But 18 months, Lillian is cleaning the house or, when Betty's 18 months, Lillian is cleaning the house and she puts on a jazz record and little baby Elizabeth Ruth starts bopping along to the music and she's following the beat. She's got and rhythm. Lillian, sorry. What was that race? She's got rhythm. She does have rhythm. And Lillian about has a heart attack. <laughs> she's just like, I can only imagine her reaction Stars. when she sees that her daughter is, you know, able to, as you said, follow the rhythm and she's showing an interest in dance. And Lillian's just like, oh my God, my prayers have been answered. Eureka! Yeah. Struck oil, Lillian. <laughs> exactly. And so she's she's sitting there and she makes. Her daughter go into dancing and tumbling and gymnastics. How old
0: is she, April?
1: Is it three? Uh, three years old? She's, she's, yeah, she probably goes in between the ages of, of two and three. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, by three, we know she's in multiple classes. Um. She's in ballet, which Betty will actually practice throughout, um, a good portion of her life. She liked that best. Didn't she? She did. And she wanted to become a ballerina, but she just, she didn't have, she, she just, she couldn't do it. She didn't have the strength, I guess, to do it, which interestingly enough, again, another tangent, but I guess it works because she owns one of Betty's uh, corsets from one of her movies, but Dita Von T's was very into ballet and she just could only go so far. And I think that happens to some people. You know, you, you can love stuff with it, but some people just aren't made to go all the way.
0: And that's totally true. But she was a great tap dancer and the other stuff. So, you know, I don't I don't think, you know, she spent much time um, woeing is her about that. That's just my take.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't no. do ballet,
0: woe is me. I don't think she was doing that
1: the whole life. Yeah. Yeah, no, def- definitely not. Definitely not her whole life. And I think it's one of those things, by the time she probably hit about 17 or 18, she she was pretty much done with it. Men's,
0: immense, immense. Um, so – She also gets, uh, Lillian starts putting her into children's beauty pageants.
1: Yes. Um, And her first beauty pageant is actually when she's still a baby and she gets awarded, you know, like most beautiful baby. Uh Um, And she's putting her, yes, she's putting her in these children's pageants. Um, And Betty is going to a very good school. If I remember correctly, I should have written it down, but I believe it's called St. Mary's. Um, like St. Mary's Girls School, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, But Lillian has the second curriculum for when Betty gets home of all of these dance classes. And then she adds on musical instruments, <laughs> drums, ukulele, and saxophone. How
0: and she's she doing, like, the sax?
1: <laughs> uh, Betty to- is probably when she's doing the sax around six. Because the sax is, like, as big as she is. Is she? She's,
0: like, dancing and and doing the saxophone, right? Because she puts her her in talent shows, too.
1: Yes, she puts her in talent shows. She puts her in, like, local vaudeville shows. Mm -hmm. Um but you know, a lot of these are kind of like Star Search of the 1920s. <laughs> They're like, hey, we're going to find the next kid star
0: or ha- Honey Boo Boo uh, or something. You know, she would have yeah. been a reality star if she was around in these days. With oh, Lillian,
1: yeah, hundred hundred percent. But yeah, so one of her one of her things is that she has to tap while playing the saxophone. <laughs> um, and there, there's two stories connected to this. Or bed. One is that Betty does it. She she goes into, you know, like one of these talent shows, and she does it, and she places second, and she gets, you know, like a $50 gift certificate. Um, And she runs over to Lillian, and she's like, you know, Mom, I got second. And her mom slaps her across the face and says, next time you'll get first.
0: That was very warm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what super a warm.
1: What a lovely mother. Such a warm, loving mother. Um, Ouch. The, the second one, though, is, you know, Betty eventually goes to the dentist, and the dentist says, you need to stop having her tap while doing sex because she's going to lose all of her teeth. And Lillian being very resourceful makes Betty switch to the ukulele. Wow. Yes. Um, you know, so it's just, it's, it's a very odd childhood. Um, Betty does fight back a little bit. She apparently doesn't like her tumbling class. So Lillian, again, being resourceful, agrees to let Betty drop the tumbling class and she replaces it with a second tap class. Um, or, you know, Lillian, We'll sometimes deal with Betty sitting there saying, like, I don't want to go to my classes today. And she always sits there and says, well, I'll get you, we'll go horseback riding. I'll get you a horse. And Con even goes so far as to buy Betty a saddle and a bridle. And as Betty retells it, the horse never comes. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah. You're always waiting. Um, He was probably, he probably was limping. And it took him 50 years to get to Betty, this poor horse.
1: Um, and Con, in Con's events, I think Con actually does have the intention of getting her something. Right. Um, you know, like some type of pony or something, but he, it just, it never comes about. Didn't she get a dog? She does get a dog. Yeah. Um, and Betty will have a lifelong love with dogs. Um, and Con doesn't fight too much with Lillian about a lot of this, but sometimes he will argue with her about finances. And Lillian's retort to him is always, Well, if you have enough money to go drink at the Speakeasy, you have enough for Betty's, you know, classes. And Betty is different from a lot of these kids, at least in the 1920s. This changes in the 30s, but in the 20s, she's not like the breadwinner in her family. Right? Con is before the you know before the Great Crash. Um, You know, Con's really the breadwinner, and Lillian is able to craft and mold and make Betty into what she wants her to be with this extremely rigorous you know, um, training, I guess curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. Training that she comes up with. Uh, so, you know, Lillian's though, big thing is, and I will say this, Lillian is resourceful enough to know that vaudeville isn't going to last. She can see the writing on the wall. Um, and you know, she wants Betty to go into talking or well, moving pictures. You're not even talkies at this point. So in 1928, She takes Betty over to Hollywood, and Betty really isn't that interested in it. Betty's thing is she wants to be a dancer, but Betty, which this is really cool, I wish they still do this, but they apparently take a tour of, you know, one of the studios, and they get to see Mary Pickford acting in a movie, and I mean, I would obviously assume it's silent. Yeah,
0: and I think they like, talkies,
1: maybe. Yeah, no. Well, it's funny you say that because there's a, there's another thing with that with Betty, but Betty is just like flabbergasted. She's like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, like I want to be an actress. I just saw Mary Pickford. So Lillian and Betty and Con and Marjorie pack up their car, because I I should have mentioned that Marjorie and Con are also on this trip. They pack up the car, and they head back to St. Louis, and Betty is just like, I need to be back in Hollywood. Of course, Lillian's like, Betty needs to be back in Hollywood. So Khan finally relents and allows them to go. Um, there's no set date on this. We do know it's 29. Um, it it's definitely before the before the stock market crashes. Um, if it was me, I would probably estimate that it's. About like the summer of 29 because I do have a picture of Betty at Fox's 25th anniversary party and she had been signed with them. So I, I would say it's probably summer of 29. Well,
0: how, she was um, how old? 12?
1: Let's see. She would have been, yeah, she would have been 12.
0: How old did they think she was?
1: So Lillian always being resourceful has a very good knack for forging documents. And they put her as 16. Um, And then eventually that gets found out at the end of 29. And she forges her documents to make Betty 14, which I really don't. No, you know, like, well, at that point, Betty would be 15. Right. Um, And I, I think that people just, you know, sit there and they know that there's no way in hell this 13-year-old is actually 15. But it's like, well, she has the paperwork. So... They sit there. She she gets dropped because Betty's real age is discovered because the St. Louis newspaper, because of course Betty does have some local fame. Yes, sits there as like thirteen year old signed to you know contract. uh, By the time it reached St. Louis, and of course Fox executives get a hold of that, and they're like, "Oh God." What have we done? And they probably drop Betty, who is then almost instantly picked up by Samuel Goldwyn and becomes a Goldwyn girl, one of the first Goldwyn girls, um, along with obviously like Colette Goddard and um, Lucille Ball. Yeah.
0: Who becomes one of her best friends.
1: Yes, I swear. One thing I will say, Lucy was like BFFs with everyone.
0: That's nice, isn't it? Because there's not that many women. You know, they want to start feuds against women all the time. But you know, there there are a lot of women who could who were friends, and they, they. I think they invented rivalries with these a lot of these women. I mean, there's a lot of women who were like not. You know, Betty Davis didn't like hanging around with women. What am I going to talk about? You know because she wanted to be the queen bee, and other people are like that. But uh, no, good for you.
1: I digress. Go on. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just no. You're you're totally fine. Um, so Betty's, you know, sitting there, um, and you know she she's working. Um, she fudge Lillian fudges and says that you know she's going to be sixteen that year. Um, you know, but and Samuel Goldwyn's willing to overlook it. Um, you can see Betty in Whoopi, uh, she is in the cowgirl musical number and she leads the very racist Indian dance number. Yeah, she was in blackface. Were they all in blackface? Yeah, and it's they're all wearing the headdresses in there, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't. I like the cowgirl number; it's very cute. I do not recommend watching the rest of it was Eddie Cantor, who of course does blackface. It's just it's 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 from it's a time, difficult movie to watch. Yeah, because it's, we, it's are we are who
0: we are. But of its time, it was totally acceptable, which totally grosses me out. But it was
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're you know they're they're sitting there and they're. Living their best life, and then of course, you know, the stock market crashes happen at this point. Con does apparently have some money saved up, and then of course, Betty is making money um, because he's able to afford his house in St. Louis. And Betty wouldn't be making enough money for like both households, no. Um, and you know they're they're making it by you know. Betty does go and she makes films with educational, contrary to what has been written about this, people sit there and say that she made them behind Samuel Goldwyn's back, and that's why she had to go under, you know, a different name for them. That's actually not true. Um, Samuel Goldwyn institutes her name change and loans her out to educational pictures, um, and she works under the name Francis Dean.
0: Yeah, because they already um, had Francis D, so she had to add that in.
1: Yeah, and that. Well, then they find that there's already a Francis D. <laughs> there's all, and the reason they change her name is because they think Betty Grable is too difficult for American audiences to pronounce. They don't think they'll ever be able to pronounce Grable. Oh my, which Lord. is quite funny. And yeah, it's like, come on, is it like, but what? It's not. It's not Anglo enough. Jeez, Smith, uh, that's so dumb. It is. is and this, so.
0: Okay, so go on. So she was, they they got rid of that because there was a Francis Dean.
1: Yes. And, you know, but Be- Betty eventually gets dropped. And during this time, you know, Lillian is pounding the pavement, looking for any work she can get for With Betty. a
0: limp, never forget.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Betty will invite like the other stage mom over, or Betty, Lillian will invite the other stage mom over, and she'll lock Betty in a closet while they play cards and they you know discuss parts that are coming and you why know what they, they got. Their why kids would in. she
0: lock Betty in a closet?
1: She's just in this small apartment, and so they're just like, here, let me let me lock you in the closet so I get privacy. So <laughs> Could you know, send her and- out in
0: the backyard or something.
1: Well, she's in an apartment complex. Uh, and I think you can imagine this the, like, what these apartment complexes look like in the in the you know early thirties. Yeah. Um, they're just they're they're not great quality. Um, and I think her other thing is because she knows that she's like, well, nothing can happen to Betty if she's locked in the closet. Um, Betty though, Betty gets herself in some pretty um adult oriented shows. Um, at one point she, before Sally Rand debuts it with the large bubble, um, Betty is doing a bubble dance with a small bubble when she's like 13. <laughs> small
0: bubble. Um, she's doing that at the Paramount theater.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, she let's see, she would have been 14 cause it's in 31. So yeah. So she's like, she's doing that or, um, she, you know, she gets put in a Wheeler and Woolsey, Comedy, and she's the romantic interest, and you know, again, she's fourteen.
0: Didn't when, um, when did George Raft start getting his uh, his little feelers up for her?
1: So George Raft supposedly first gets onto her when she's like fourteen, and Lillian sees this. Uh, it's possible, but thirteen, fourteen, uh, somewhere in there. Yeah, and. Lillian's like kind of weary because of course she's like, I don't want my kid to become pregnant. (laughs) Um, but at the same time she's like, but he's a big star. So Marjorie is out there, um, and I don't know at this point, I believe it's just a temporary living situation. because She'll eventually go back to Missouri to finish college. Um, but Marjorie goes like kind of their escort and George thinks, you know, she's 16,
0: which is um, still a little young for you, Georgie. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But
1: not quite as kind of 13 oh at the God. time. I am not condoning this. No, at all, but, none of it. Yeah. Um, And George, you know, goes out with her. He's pretty enamored with her. And he quickly, though, realizes this girl's not even 16. And he takes her, you know, back to the house and supposedly tells someone along the lines of, like, I'll be back when she's of age, basically. (laughs) Uh, I think it's uh, bring her back to me when she's not wet behind the ears or something like that. Um. And so, you know, they they just, they go on one date and Betty's very enamored with them and she thinks he's the bee's knees. <laughs> but of course, you know, George is like, yo, you're a kid. This isn't going to work. You're a cute, good kid, toots, but
0: not yet. <clears throat> Sweet,
1: not yet. <laughs> um, which I have to say, when you compare to how some other Hollywood been acted, George Raff comes out looking great in that, um, yes, he does, but you know,
0: not perfect, yeah. like, but really good compared to people, compared like to Rudy someone. Valley and others. I won't, yes, anymore. yes, one day I'll have to do a show on Rudy Valley. Oh my god, god. you guys,
1: <laughs> um. So, you know, Betty's, you know, sitting there and like you said, Lillian's, you know, locking her in closets when she's not on dates with stars. <laughs> um, when Betty is 17, she starts leading the Ted Rio Frito. That's not what it is. I can never remember his band's name. De- Ted Frito Rio band. And you know she she's a capable singer but she's not like the world's most amazing singer right. but she's capable it's it's kind of like pop music today there's a lot of very capable singers they're enjoyable to listen to, but you're not going to sit there and say, like, oh, boy, that's Mariah Carey, yeah. you know, 2.0. Um, but, you know, she, and she does that, and she signs with RKO, and then RKO eventually drops her, and then she goes with Paramount. And in the middle of this, in her personal life, Betty, of course, starts seeing the kid himself. Uh, she she starts hanging out with Jackie Coogan, and this leads to some issues. First off, they want to get married, and sh- not shocking, I guess. We'll start with that first. Um, Lillian Grable is very much against it. <laughs> She's just like, my daughter's 19, you know, she has a long way to go in her career, you guys can't get married. And then also, I guess not shocking, is that Lillian Coogan is also against it, and she's like, that girl is a gold digger trying to get my son's money. Talking
0: about, speaking of the devil, Mama Coogan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he was just having fun. Um Yeah. Anyway, so she's you know sitting there, and both both sets of parents are just like, "No, you guys can't get married." They finally do get married after dating for about for a little over two years. Um, when Betty is twenty one, and I mean like days after turning twenty one, they they finally get married, and it goes very very poorly.
0: Yeah, because at that time. There's a whole Coogan law now, but at that time, he made millions as a child star. His mother, I don't know if his dad died, then she remarried, and they refused to give him any of his money, his own money that he worked his butt off for, any of these millions. So he was taking them to court, and allegedly, Betty was uh, putting in dough for his lawyers and things like that. But, I mean, that can't be a fun marriage, you know he's getting screwed by his own parents and
1: you know, yeah. Awful. yeah. So yeah, no, you're exactly right. So Lillian Coogan had married Jackie's former business manager, um, at, like oh boy, a week after it. the dad <laughs> dies. Um, that's a bit of exaggeration, but not by much. Um, she, she quickly marries him and they just like, The dad had made sure to set aside money for Jackie. Now, I don't even know if it's as much as, you know, we would consider, like, acceptable today. But he apparently had set aside quite a bit of it. And Lillian Coogan... And her husband just go all through it. And at the end of the day, there's about, there's, you know, like 116,000 left. And after lawyers fees, you know, Jackie gets like 25,000, but you're right. He had made over $3 million during his, you know, career as a child star. And
0: think of that Um, guy. How much should $3 million be? Like uh, 30
1: million now? Probably about 20 million. Probably about 40, probably about 40. It, about $40 million. These parents. Um, mm. they, they were something. Uh, um, yeah. But as you said, Betty is bankrolling. So she's not only, though, bankrolling her life with Jackie, she's also bankrolling Lily and Con and parts of Marjorie's, you know, bills as well. Um, Mar- Marjorie does, you know, go off on her own pretty early. But, you know, Lillian. And Con are basically reliant upon Betty. Um, Lillian will eventually file for divorce from Con, which, you know, we can go into that in a minute. But, you know, with everything going on with Betty, her marriage with Jackie just really can't weather at all. And they get divorced. And that's when Lillian's like, hey, I'm going to divorce your dad, <laughs> Let's be two and so, swinging
0: chicks in Hollywood,
1: honey. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Betty, you know, while she's, while she's going through this divorce process, she right. gets dropped by Paramount. And she eventually, th- this is a little, little hard to figure out. Most likely she is signed by Zanuck after she has made a deal to go on Broadway because she basically says to the press, at least like I'm done in Hollywood. You know, I can't keep making these college movies and Lillian lives with her in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and there and Betty is in uh do was a lady with Ethel Merman. And, you know, she, she makes it on the cover of Life magazine in October of 1939. And I think Lillian is very, very proud of her for this accomplishment. Um, and I would really say that this is when Lillian kind of starts to back off on pushing Betty quite as hard. Um, she She's always there to give Betty advice, but she she doesn't really continue going on like this is what you need to do but didn't she also um, then, always guilt betty about
0: you know i could have you you made me have this
1: she always yes
0: like, guilted betty about her her hip and her limp
1: and yes she sits there and she'll point to her hip that she you know limps on and she goes just remember i have this because of you <laughs> um really like mm. you know Really great stuff. Um, but L- Lillian does kind of let up. And I think that's a big thing with a lot of these child star parents, you know, that are well, really just stage moms mm-hmm. um, that we don't see. We see a lot of them continue these behaviors well into an adulthood. And that's not to say that. Betty never felt pressure from Lillian in her adult life, but she really does like ease up on it. Do you think Betty um, resented her
0: mother or do you think she appreciated the fact that her mother pushed her?
1: Uh, So I think it depends on who you talk. I think it depends on who you talk to. Um, Betty always said, that it was her mother's ambitions that kept her going and that there would be days that she didn't want to do stuff and you know Lillian would keep her going slap her face Um, a few times yeah yeah um Lillian well like you know Lillian Betty called Lillian every single day when she was on set and Lillian would come by like a lot of days out of the week even like when Betty's well a well-established star in the late 40s you know Lillian's still there and stuff but Lillian at that point becomes more of like just like a presence um Betty does apparently have to hide certain things from Lillian but Lillian's kind of like a cheerleading presence and I I think towards in that stage of their relationship it's probably the healthiest it ever is um But Lillian, of course, gets older, and Betty has to start taking care of her. And Betty, I think, has held on, uh, or had held on, to a lot of... um, Resentment? Yeah, over the years. And she is apparently pretty pretty stern with Lillian at times she can be quite mean to Lillian. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that is that she had been holding on to this resentment of like, I didn't have a childhood because of you not saying that it's healthy or it's good, but you know, I, I can see where it's coming from, yeah, you know, too. Obviously, Betty, has always been on this schedule with Lillian of, like, okay, you got to do it now. You got to do it. Okay, we got to do Like, you got to go the next thing. And when Lillian becomes, you know, older and feeble, she can't keep up with Betty's, you know, mindset that she had instilled into Betty. And that really frustrates Betty. Um, But, you know, she'll... Some of it's a little, some of it, I I think, has been kind of exaggerated. And I won't go into that about, you know, between Betty and and Lillian. Right. But, um, you know, I I do think that Betty and Lillian have a mutual understanding with each other. But when, you know, the tables are turned and Betty's having to care for Lillian, she's not always the most patient, you know, and she, she, she can't grasp the concept of this woman who has been like an overbearing presence throughout most of her life is, you know, old and feeble and having like a hard time with things. Um con well, I, I feel like I've completely ignored Khan. I'm basically at the end of Lillian's life, but Con um, is put in charge of Betty's and Betty and Harry's horse farm. Oh, that's right. She marries Harry James. Yes. And, you know, they they put Khan in charge of this horse farm in, you know, the 40s. Uh, the horse farm eventually gets auctioned off and it's uh, to pay back I, the IRS. It's this whole thing. But for, you know, a number of years, Con is running it. And you know, Con and Lillian get divorced in the early '30s, but they still apparently live with each other at points after that.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of people did that.
1: They they did, and Betty's kids had no idea that they were even divorced. Oh my! They they didn't find out until like after <laughs> Con had died. Um, that he was actually divorced from Lillian. Um and so you know Con passes away first he passes in 1954 he's 70 years old mm-hmm. and exactly 10 years later in 1964 Lillian passes away you know at 75 and I think if Lillian In And uh, Lillian did. She looked back and, you know, she did realize, um, you know, like she had treated Con pretty poorly and that, you know, Con really was the love of her life. I mean, he gave her both of her kids. Yeah. And I think, you know, Lillian did soften up quite a bit. And then of course, you know, Betty, even though Betty could get annoyed with her, she'd be firm with her mom. She did always love her mom. And when, Lillian passes away in 64. Betty is just devastated.
0: Um she, she still just, with Harry James at that time or no? They get
1: divorced in 66? Mm. 65. They get divorced in 65. But they're on
0: rough ground for quite a long
1: time. They are. Um, both of them deal with alcoholism. Both of them deal with gambling addictions. You know... Harry also cheats on Betty all the time, and that makes it into confidential, numerous, I shouldn't say numerous, but a couple times. um Harry James's affairs get, you know, printed in their broadcast. Everyone knows that he cheats on her. Um, there are stories about Betty cheating on him almost just as much. I don't necessarily believe that. Um, Betty was always pretty enamored with Harry. Yeah. It's it's possible she might have stepped out on her marriage a you know once or twice over the years, but I definitely would not put her as a serial cheater. No, he was always on the road
0: and doing that. I you know, right. she if she went out with someone, I you know, nobody would really know it. It's never really been written about, so it'd be like some, you know, maybe, you know, let's have a martini or five and there you go. <laughs> you know, something like yeah.
1: that. Yeah. There's there's definitely um, there, there's definitely been stories that have come out, and again, they all really come from one book. Uh, and her daughter theorizes that she she cheated on Harry when Harry was out, but her daughter, who has since passed away, seems to have had some underlying issues with Betty that I don't think were ever resolved. Uh, Betty wasn't really shown a lot of affection by Lillian when she was young. And Betty struggles with that with her own children as well. I mean, it makes sense. She's not, you know, Lillian's not really a warm and loving and fuzzy mother. No, so get not, in the
0: closet or I'll slap exactly. your face again. Yeah, come on. So I can imagine be- Betty didn't have anyone to learn from to be to become this, you know, super-duper mom, and and when you're in show business, there's a lot of not-so-super-duper moms because that's just the way it is, but she did not get that kind of mother. She got that pushy, pushy, pushy broad, and, yes, she loved her pushy broad, but, you know, the the kids, you can imagine, but didn't the younger one sort of um, come to terms with Betty and kind of take back some of the things she might have said or more understanding or something?
1: Well, and it's it's really hard, and it's hard because Betty's oldest is still alive, Vicky is still alive, so I I try I try not to speculate too much, you know, on where stuff was. But from what I have gathered from what you know, more reputable biographers and the girls themselves have said is that there was a period of estrangement really in like the late fifties, early sixties between Betty and both of the girls um, for poor decisions in Betty's and Betty's eyes, poor decisions that were made. And it ended up that, you know, they, they got back together even before Betty was diagnosed with cancer and they, you know, the, the, they had a healthier relationship once Betty's daughters grew up. And I think that is very much how Betty's relationship with Lillian was as well. Once she grew up, she was able to maybe not always set the healthiest boundaries, like having Lillian on set, you know, multiple times a week and calling her every single day. Right. But healthy compared to what they had been and I think you know that's what Betty looked at the youth relationships as being and I I do want to say I only that's only a Betty thing because that's also how my grandma was with both of her girls right super strict you know Wonder girls to do you know it was her way or the highway and she could be very very strict but once she once they became adults they became more like my grandma's friend and you you can see that a lot with how Betty was
0: well that's how my mom was you know and once I moved out i mom said I was her best friend and we would i'd send her i love you you're my mother and my best friend but you know in a best friend boy peeps you can't tell your mother everything so I had other best friends to tell the stuff you can't tell your mother but I was her best friend and it does change i mean when we were kids forget about it but you know once I hit twenty and we became friends, you know she changed she she lightened up, you know you 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 become different, things aren't as tough, and I think that's how it is for most moms,
1: yeah, no m- most definitely, and then of course i mean it- Grace, you know me. I always talk about how my mom's my best friend. Yeah, my mom and I have a really, though. I mean, we we share everything with each other. It's probably unhealthy, but I no, love my mom to. Death. But
0: it's not like you. She slaps your face and puts you in a closet and tells you you can't. Oh do yeah, anything. No, there's no way how my mom would have done that. You know? No, my mother was my best friend, but like I said, you know, there's things you can't for my mother. My, my mother was like 46 years older than me. There were things it whole gif- different generations. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? No way, Ozzy. Yeah. But I love that broad more than I can even tell anybody. She was my bud. And who has your back like your mother, right?
1: Exactly. And that's how I think Betty, you know, looked at, you know, stuff with Lillian. I think she was like, my mom always has my back. Um... You know, and interestingly, Betty, as we talked about a lot, last podcast, did not like Leela or Ginger. And I don't think she saw anything of her relationship with her mom in the two of them.
0: No, and I don't believe if you see Betty's. <laughs> I did put I I dunk on Facebook a lot. If you go to uh, True Stories of Tinseltown, they'll have you know the click on my post to to listen to the podcast. But if you scroll, 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 I have thousands of little stories, pictures, things like that. Because they used to do it a lot, but I just recently went back on. I don't know what this metaverse crap is, and I can't post anything on that page. I'm like, I'm an old geezer here. What this? Is, what is this crap? Anyway, it's on um, the group page of the uh, the uh, Ginger Rogers cake. Oh my god! But Betty also had a male. I, I noticed it right away when I was reading this book that she has a little groom on her cake. So I think that's something to be said. <laughs> that was bad. I'm sorry, Ginger. I'm sorry, Leela. And I, <laughs> ugh, that just totally skeeves me. Imagine that. He should have ran. But it didn't last long. Anyway, we're back to Betty. She died very young. She was an alcoholic. She smoked like a fiend. And she died of, uh, what, she died of lung cancer, right?
1: Yes, she died of lung cancer
0: and she had her daughters, and she was living with some young guy, and he got kicked out. I don't think he got anything, and, um, you know, I wonder if her daughters became mothers. You wonder, you know?
1: So I can say that both of her daughters became mothers. And um,
0: You know what? And they- I, but you know what? something, and I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. I have seen – people who have had the crappiest parents ever become the most wonderful, loving parents because they want to, they learned and they knew what they wanted and they gave it to their children and give it to their children. So bravo to them. You know, it's not always a negative where, you know, you have a crappy mother and okay, I'm going to be a crappy mother because I don't know anything else
1: yeah no vicky vicky actually recently spoke about betty um for the first time to my knowledge in about 35 40 years wow um and it it was very brief but it was just you know my mom was most proud of what you know in her life what she did for the troops during the war um and like you said jessica has passed away she passed away now about oh six years ago if memory serves yeah um which interestingly she died this uh, yeah, it had to be six years because I know Jessica died the same year that her mom would have turned one hundred. Yeah. Um but you know, I, I think they both they both really turned it around and I don't agree obviously with how Betty raised her daughters in every way, but I will say this. I do think she did them a really great service by keeping them out of Hollywood. Um, Because the public—I don't think people realize how obsessed the public was with um, both of her kids, but especially Victoria. I mean— Life Magazine ran, you know, like a huge spread with Vicky's first baby pictures. You know, Victoria was front page news when she was born. And I think certain things for Betty were like, I'm in this life and I don't want my kids to be in this life. And sometimes Betty would try to curtail that in ways that we want it today but I think she thought she was doing what was best for them. And in the long run, it probably was.
0: I bet it was. You know, it ain't an easy gig. That's for sure. And I'm sure Betty did everything she thought was right. And there is inevitable, even though your mother's your best friend. My mother was my best friend. You know, we still had our, you know, ma. You know, we still had our things as parents and children do. Um, but she... She basically loved Lillian. Did Lillian live by herself after um what's his face? I'm sorry,
1: her father. I don't want to remember that. Yeah. Um yeah, so she's she's apparently living by herself, but Betty does have um like some type of assisted care for her. Um, and then she does go through periods where she lives with Betty, but I mean, Betty had bought Lillian and Con a house and they, you know, lived in that house. And then of course Con lived with the stables or, you know, at the stables when he, when they had the, um, when they had the ranch. So it's just, it's one of those things. I think it's, I I think that they loved each other. I think that, you know, I would never say being in a relationship where you mentally and physically abuse your child is a good relationship. Nor
0: would I. Slap your face but, coming in second.
1: Put her in the closet. Right. Make guilt
0: about your limp. I mean, that's not good.
1: Right. And there's definitely, you know, elements that are very, very unhealthy in this. But I do think out of all the stage moms we're going to cover in this, that Lillian and Betty probably end up having the best adult relationship out of any of them. Even between Ginger and Le- Leela. Well, so, yes, I would say that because Leela is always, like, a huge presence in Ginger's both personal and professional life. Five husbands, poor man. What did they know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... <laughs> I mean, there are points like where Lillian gets on Harry's nerves, especially. Sure. And I mean, both of the girls have talked about that. Um, you know, and there's points, you know, like on that, but I don't think Lillian is ever quite as all encompassing in Betty's adult life as Lila is for Ginger. And I think and Ginger then if, wanted it that way. She did. Most definitely. And Betty, like Betty, has I guess enough sense to realize like you are adult I'm adult like we need to we need to be separated
0: and that's very good and and she loved her now Lillian was not the nicest mom but you know what we're coming up with a couple more who I think are a little more creepy I I think so most of <laughs> you know, I think so. But I think next to, I don't, I don't know, who could we choose? I think Mother Jean is the least um, poisonous, perhaps, is a way to put it.
1: Yeah, I would agree with
0: that. So, Which I'll, is saying a lot. Yes, and we will have to rate them after. But anyway, um, Betty and her mom, and, and there are good stories to read about and different things. And... um Please go to our class, our first series we did together, um, of, of classic Hollywood bombshells, and you will find Betty, and you'll hear more about her love life, and George Raft coming back, and all this other stuff. But this was about Betty and her mommy, just like we're doing with everybody,
1: their mothers. So next time, who are we doing? We doing Shirley. We are. We are doing Shirley and Gertrude Temple. Oof! And I have a lot to say about this one. I really do.
0: Oh yes, I do. I'm. I'm right there
1: with you. Okay.
0: So anyway, everyone, um, hope you're having a wunderbar weekend. And I will be posting this probably once I get it edited and all that junk. Hopefully tomorrow, this is Sunday, I don't know, the 15th, so I'm hoping on the 16th or the 17th, like you care, because then that's when you're going to hear it. Anyway, thank you to my lovely, dear, wonderful friend, April, who I absolutely adore, and thank you so much for doing this with me. You know, April, I love working with you so much.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Grace. I'm so glad we're doing a series again. Me.
0: Okay, so take care, everybody. Until next time, there's another mama coming towards you. Hang on to your hat. Okay, thanks, everybody. Thank you, April. Bye. Listen to the stories of Tinseltown.
1: They're not only good, they're true. True stories.